FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 397 of the podcast that goes Snick. Snick! I'm your host, Jason Venable, and this is a, a b- 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 bonus b- 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 birthday episode. That's right, it's my birthday. Yay! Sure, why not? <laughs> Birthdays don't mean as much at 42 as they did at like, uh, oh, half that age, for example. 21, great birthday. 42, me! Getting old. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, I decided to go ahead and cover this week's comics in honor, question mark, of my birthday, or just a way for me to celebrate my birthday. Um, you know, we just did the anniversary episode with the Excalibros and Ian. Thank you, guys. Um, but part of the reason I, when I started the podcast, I'd kind of been kicking it around, and it was really initially an early birthday present to myself to kind of try it out. Uh, seeing if I liked it, and of course, <laughs> you know, eight years later on the show, uh, yeah, obviously I did. Um, and I'm still having fun, so I'm going to keep doing it, but uh, this episode is just a chance to kind of catch up on really just just two issues. We have uh, Deadpool number six, where Deadpool visits Krakoa, um, possibly not to good results. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Fantastic 422, uh, Empire tie-in that will continue uh, the story we started in Fantastic Four number 2-1. So, with uh, all that said, let's go ahead and jump into the comics, because that's what we're here for. So first up, we have Deadpool number 6. This is written by Kelly Thompson, art by Kevin Lebranda or Lebranda. I'm not sure. I I hope I'm saying it right, or at least one of those is right, because it's pretty good art. Uh, color by Chris Sotomayor. Uh, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and then the cover is by Greg Land and uh, Jesus Arbatov. And it's a pretty cool cover. We have hanging from the title and a bunch of Krakoan vines, Deadpool, and his swords behind him, and some vines, and his guns in front of him. And then kind of under and behind him in the vines on the the ground of the cover are X-Men, which is Wolverine flanked by Polaris, Storm, Magic, Armor, and Cyclops. Which is a pretty even representation of what we'll see kind of the book, minus Cyclops. He's actually not in this comic at all. But, um, yeah, Greg Land does a pretty good cover here. Uh, I like it. So, we start off, and I'll try not to go as fast as my last solo episode where I tore through stuff because I was so excited to have new comics. I just was like, Turbo, go! Um, I'm trying to be a little more even this episode. Um, so we start off on what used to be Staten Island, they say, which of course now is Monster Island. And if you've been following this Deadpool volume by Kelly Thompson, uh, Deadpool is the king of the monsters. Uh, he saved the monsters when the previous king died, and so he became the king, and that's kind of been 
and the overarching story slash gag of this first part of the, the book. Um, so here he is on Monster Island in his base, and he's playing. So, <laughs> so, so one of the gags in one of the previous issues was he has trading cards for all his monsters, and he's been studying them to learn about their powers. But now, as a version of studying, he's basically playing war with them. Uh, with um, uh, Night Wolf, sorry. Took me a minute to remember the guy's name. He's like a dog wolf guy. He has a, some armor and a cape. And then, you know, Jeff the Land Shark is there dealing the cards. He's being the dealer. Um, so it's a pretty funny little scene where he's like, oh, well, I'm trying to learn the powers of my guys as I play war with these cards. Um, so yeah, that kind of happens. And then he finds a card for this guy named Jelby. He's a gelatinous kind of monster, and he's reading over the powers, and he's like, ah, oh, Eureka, I got an idea, and so he calls his monster council together, or, or just some people, um, which is Nightwolf, Elsa Bloodstone, Jeff the Landshark, and the newly mentioned Jelby, and he goes on a big, kind of funny, but also kind of serious tirade about how he's, his feelings are hurt, because he hasn't, he's not allowed to go to Krakoa, and yeah, he's technically not a mutant, but he, I mean, he's been on the X-Men, he's been on X-Force, um, he's, he's definitely lent a hand, um, you know, and he'd like to have a gate to Krakoa on his island, and, you know, he thinks the Krakoan flowers can heal him, which, more on that as the issue goes, because maybe some inconsistency there, but he talks about how, you know, they're curing cancer, and hey, I have all the cancer, um, so like I said, it's a funny kind of stupid speech, but it's also kind of serious because you kind of feel for him, like, right? Like, why is he not allowed to to go to Krakoa? And we'll, we'll get more of that as we go. But um, anyway, he talks about what jerks and fascists the X-Men are, which is not totally off point <laughs> uh, with the current Dawn of X stuff. Um, they're definitely uh, legalistic in some ways, for sure. Um. Well, I mean, that's the story point we're going through right now, right? Um, yeah, everyone agrees they're jerks. But then, so I guess even as monsters, there can be mutations. So it turns out this Jelby guy's a mutant. And we find out what his power is. Um, basically, he can swallow anything and transport it. So Wade's idea, or Deadpool's idea, or Wade, Deadpool, whatever. Um, his idea is he's going to let Jelby eat him go through the gate, and then voila, he's on Krakoa, right? Sounds like a solid plan. So there's a funny scene of him, like, basically climbing in through Joby's mouth, and then Jeff the Landshark bites his butt, which is the only thing sticking out of the mouth, and they both get swallowed, but then Joby basically just becomes a purple film around uh, Deadpool and Jeff the Landshark. And Nightwolf's like, I'm sure there's not no uh, international incident stemming from this. <laughs> and uh, Deadpool makes his way to Manhattan and Washington Square where there's a Krakoa gate. And he prances through to the beautiful land of Krakoa. And he's like, oh wow, this really is beautiful. So he climbs out at Jelby. And then Sage gets a, an alert from the Krakoan security system. There's two non-mutants who have breached a gate. Uh, those two being 
Deadpool and Jeff the Land Shark. I mean, isn't a land shark by nature a mutant, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, uh, turns out not. So she sends the strike team. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool's making grass angels. And then our team shows up. It's Wolverine, Polaris, Storm, Magic, Armor, and Beast. And they are ready to rumble. It's a nice page. Uh, the art, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do the art at the end like I normally do, but it's pretty good. Uh, it's a nice page of the X-Men getting ready to fight Wayne. And he's like, whoa, hold on. Why are we so mad? I just came because I think I should be allowed to come here. Also, I want you to cure me of cancer. I want you to give me a flower to plant a gate. And I want you guys to quit being so mean. And Wolverine's like, someone shut him up. So magic breaks his nose. <laughs> and then she's like, what do we do with the shark? Everyone loves a shark. So then we go to the X-Men Council. It doesn't say Quiet Council like it maybe should. But um, anyway, uh, Emma's in there and Wayne's like, okay, cool. So let's talk. Uh, she keeps referring to Jeff the Land Shark as an aggressive handbag. Um, which is kind of funny. So Wayne makes his demands. Emma says that Rogue uh, interceded on his behalf. And she says, you know, I, I don't think they're bad ideas. And he's like, great, so I'll get all these things. And she's like, no, you can't. And like, why? And she's like, because and basically their their main reason, besides him not being a mutant, is that he's just too much trouble. Uh, trouble follows him around. He's likely to, to actually cause an incident. And he can't be seen as a representative of Krakow, which I don't know why visiting would make him necessarily representative maybe that's why they don't want it out the gate but there's gates in all kinds of places like countries that have not been super nice to Krakoa so that's also kind of a little odd but anyway it makes for a good story I guess as a, a Deadpool mopes out and he agrees to leave it and we see him in the flower garden he picks the flower and our X-Men attack him again in a nice double page spread and we see Wolverine getting bit by Jeff Landshark, uh, Deadpool flips over Magic Sword, but then catches a punch to the face from armor, and then gets zapped by lightning by storm. It's a, it's a really cool page. It's, it's really nice. Uh, then, <laughs> Deadpool goes... Hold on, let me zoom in just a second. Uh, this is called a fastball special, buddy. The X-Men love him. And he heaves, or with a big toss, and a huff of breath, throws Jeff at Storm, who's in the air, and uh, uh, Jeff kind of tries to eat Storm's face. Uh, and then, of course, Polaris puts Deadpool down. Um, there's, a, there's a cute scene where Jeff the land shark jumps and bites her leg, and she gets throws the shark away. Uh, Wolverine stabs Deadpool through the back again with a skewer. <laughs> and so, and then Magic and Deadpool fight off. Deadpool gets a lick back in. And then Rogue shows up and tries to talk him down. And basically gives him a flower and says, here you go. I'll, I'll smooth it over with, with everyone else. And he's like, no thanks, I don't want your pity. He throws the flower down. And then Rogue, Rogue says, it's not pity, Wayne. And Wolverine says, it's just friendship. <laughs> and Deadpool makes a really good point. He goes, all this friendship is uh, bleeding me out. <laughs> He's like, all right, Joby, take us home. And Joby's like, well, can I stay? And the X-Men are like, yeah. And so Wade gets his feelings hurt some more. Magic teleports him home as he yells at him. And we go back to uh, Monster Island, and he makes a, a cardboard sign that says no more mutants. 
Jeff does barf up. He had chewed up a, a Krakoan flower. And he, he hacks it up. And uh, Deadpool's like, sweet. And then we find out at the very end uh, that Elsa is dying. And so that's kind of a, oh no. Especially if you've been following the book. Uh, she's been a fun character in this series so far. So, I gotta say, Kelly Thompson and Deadpool is a great match. Um, it works really well. It's definitely Deadpool. It's definitely silly. But it has some heart to it as well. Uh, which is the right combo. And makes him a little easier to take in. Now, I've always said that I like Deadpool either when he's like interacting with the team and he's not the focus, or I can handle him as the focus like in small doses. So I never really have collected his book, but I'll grab issues here and there. Um, this is the first time I've like collected a Deadpool book um, that I'm getting all the issues, because Kelly Thompson is really doing something nice with him here. Um, like I said, it's a mix of all the typical Deadpool and chaos and carnage and and you know breaking the fourth wall and all the all the fun stuff, but it really does have some heart to it. And I know it's his book, right? He's the protagonist, and we're supposed to kind of take his side, right, and and feel empathy for him. But you really kind of feel for Deadpool here. Um, and the only thing that kind of made me a little weird is the X Men either lied or we're not real sure what's going on exactly, but. They tell, Emmett tells Deadpool that, you know, as part of his demands that, you know, we can't actually cure a cancer, right? And, you know, that's fine. The, I know the Krakoan flower has led to some wonder drugs, and we're, who's to say that the cancer wouldn't necessarily have to be included in that? But I'm pretty sure, unless I'm misremembering, I'll try to go back later and reread. But uh, in the Wolverine book, that Agent Bannister, his daughter, I, I know it was a terminal illness. Maybe they didn't specify cancer. I thought they did. So I'll go check that out. But um, but it, it very well could be that Emma's just lying. I mean, she does that from time to time. So, but either way, um, you feel sympathy for Deadpool. Not saying that the X-Men are completely wrong. Because he is trouble. <laughs> and probably would cause an incident. But it's kind of like, well, guys, can't you... You know, why why can't he have a gate? <laughs> you really do kind of wonder. Um... But they do say he can come back as long as he does it properly. Um, but yeah, uh, the art, also really good in this particular issue. It's it's nice. It looks good. The colors look good. It's just, it's a good looking book. It's a fun book. It's got some heart. It's got some jokes. It's got some action. I mean, this book kind of has it all. I, I wouldn't say it's perfect. I don't know if I would give it. Six out of six, though, if I if I had guessed and they wanted to, they could probably talk me into it. But I, I think it's a very solid, very high five out of six claws. Like, I, I really enjoyed reading it, and I've been enjoying this volume of Deadpool by Thompson uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, Mist and Lebrando was a, or Lebrando was a nice fill-in, hopefully, for Chris Bacallo, who's been doing the, the book up to this point. Um... I don't know if he just did the first arc and he's done, or, you know, he's coming back. But this is a good, it's definitely very stylistically different. You know, Bacallo has a very kind of intense style that is very unique. Uh, Lebron, while I love it, is definitely more kind of typical comic booky. 
Um, that's, I don't mean that it's not it's not a bad thing at all. It's just it's very it's just kind of you know it's good. I actually like it quite a bit, but it's it's a little more normal, right? I mean, compared to Piccolo, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed the book overall quite a bit. Uh, a very easy five out of six claws. I, I give that that score with uh, fervor. Uh, no one has to twist my arm on that at all. Um, and like I said, it's close to six. So, you know, maybe making the X-Men look even more like jerks than they do in some of the, their own books. Uh, you know, but there you go. Okay, well, next up, and last up, Fantastic Four, number 22, an Empire tie-in called You Had One Job, written by Dan Slott, uh, art by Paco Medina and Sean Isaacs, I think. I hope that's right. I really like him. Um, colors by Marcio Menez and Jesus Arbatov. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Uh, Nick Bradshaw and John Rausch do the cover just like they did last time. This cover, the so last time the cover focused on Wolverine and Spider-Man, you know, half of the new Fantastic Four from the early 90s. Uh, this cover focuses on the other half. We have Ghost Rider and Hulk fighting some Katoti monsters. And uh, we do have Spider-Man and Wolverine in the background, uh, but Ghost Rider and Hulk are the focus. It's a pretty nice cover. Uh, Bradshaw's Ghost Rider is an interesting take. It's more of the... Alright, so different people do Ghost Rider different ways. Um, probably more in the original way. It was like a skull with just a couple of flames. <laughs> um, I think that was probably pretty standard until the 90s, if I remember right, or maybe 80s. Um, and then Ghost Rider becomes more, especially when you get to Daniel Ketch for sure. Possibly with Johnny Storm, my Ghost Rider reading is sketchy at best. But um, I know for sure by the time we get to Danny Ketch, that the look is more of a whole, a skull that like is enveloped in flame, like the whole skull is on fire. And then, you know, after that, and as things have, you know, through the years, you kind of see anything kind of in between. Uh, a skull with some flame, a skull with all flame. Um, Bradshaw kind of does the in between, right? Like it's just a skull with flame on the inside. So like the, the inside the mouth and inside the eye sockets of fire. And then the flame that actually makes up the head almost comes off like hair from the back of the head. I mean, a little bit kind of reaching towards the front of the skull, but it's really mostly on the back. So the front part of the skull is not actually on fire. Um, I like it, and Bradshaw makes it look just kind of gruesome, to be honest. It's really nice. Um, okay, so remember in our last Empire tie-in with Fantastic Four, um, the kids, Franklin, and I always want to just say Valerie, but I'm pretty sure it's Valeria. Yes. Um, so, all right. So, just just to make sure we're all on the same page, in case, in case you're just now checking in. Uh, in the Fantastic Four Empire one-shot, the Fantastic Four rescue these two kids, one Kree and one Scroll, who were being forced to fight each other and relive like old Kree scroll war battles. And they rescue them, but when they come home, they see the Kree skull armada, which is banded together to fight the Kotati, and they're about to attack Earth. So the Fantastic Four stay in space to deal with that, but they want their kids to take the new space kids home. 
And they did, and it was okay, but there's the priest of the Palma from Vietnam, uh, from way back in the 70s, uh, who served the Katadi, and they sensed that the kids are back somehow, or there somehow, and they send their assassins to hunt them down. Uh, the kids get spooked. They do the Fantastic Four communicator, which summons Wolverine and Spider-Man. But Wolverine... Um, not knowing that this the scroll girl was on their side and seeing her as a ferocious tiger stabbed her and that's kind of where we left off then we start off with kind of a recap of that um what were really nice pages especially thing looks really good i think this is sean isaacs here at the front you know one thing that happened i don't i would have thought before i'd be better at telling these guys apart um the art is pretty seamless you can tell that some things are a little bit different, you know, here and there. But, um, yeah, but it's all good, so it's okay. I like both these guys a lot. So Franklin, we start off uh, after the recap, is, is yelling at Wolverine. Wolverine's like, hey, sorry, last time the Fantastic Four recruited me, it was to fight a bunch of scrolls. I get here, I see a big tiger on the prowl, smells like a scroll. I did what I do best. <laughs> Basically is what he says. Um, Spider-Man's spider sense is going nuts. He's like, uh, guys, uh, guys. And then uh, Alicia is tending to the scroll girl. Her um, Nicola, I think is her name. Um, or I think that's how you would say it. So Wolverine and Franklin yell at each other some more. Spider-Man's getting nervous. The Creed kid's like, no, she can't die. I have to kill her. And he goes in for the kill. Um, but Wolverine grabs him, pulls him away, and says, that's enough out of you, runt. It's fun to see Wolverine call someone else runt. Um, Spider-Man's still like, hey, anyone? Friendly neighborhood guy that no one's listening to over here. Um, so everyone's kind of getting antsy. But they decide to take uh, uh, Nicole, yeah, Nicola inside and see if they can treat her. But Spider-Man's like, seriously, guys, big trouble. Uh, then he meets Guy, who says he, she's Johnny Solvent. He's like, huh? And that distracts him, and that's when the priest decided to jump out of the shadows. We get a nice double-page spread of them jumping literally out of, like, alleys and rooftops and from a water tower. And their designs are really nice. I mean, they're still, like, Katati kind of based like all green and brown in colors. They have plant either instruments or some of them appear to have plant powers. Um, and they also have like kind of the monk or uh, martial arts kung fu costuming. It looks really cool. And then they jump down and we see a Sky, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and uh, the Creek kid whose name I'm forgetting at the exact moment. Um, let's see what it says on this recap. Yeah, Joe Venn. Joe Venn. So, really, really nice double page spread. It looks fantastic. But the uh, the Palma priests want to catch the kid. But Wolverine's like, no way. But then the Joe Venn's like, I don't need you to fight for me. I've been trained to fight my whole life. But a really nice panel of Wolverine like cutting through a whole pile of priests. Um, and he's slicing through them. Uh, Spider-Man is fighting a guy that's a bruiser. Uh, there's a, a priest about to shoot something at Joe Venn. So this guy flies down and spreads their wings and takes like these poison thorns. 
uh, in her wings. And so she falls over. A uh, guy wraps Jovan in vines. We get a really cool, like, at the tiny bottom of the page, like a really long horizontal panel of several wolverines, like him moving his way through the crowd of priests. And he, so it's, it's an all-gray background. Wolverines in color, and all the priests are in just solid green, like silhouette. It's a really nice effect of him just kind of in different action poses, cutting his way through the green silhouettes of priests. Um, so it lets him be brutal, but still kind of fantastic for family-friendly <laughs> with his violence. Uh, it's a really nice touch. Um, you know, inside, they're, tr they're trying to figure out what to do. They find an image inducer, and one of the priests breaks inside because they want the, the girl, too, as well. Uh, we see more carnage outside, and the priest, one of the priests can read minds. He finds Jovin, and I guess he has all the the Cree scroll history that was embedded in them. And he he finds out either about or the location of the Omni Wave projector, which you know is the ultimate Cree weapon that Captain Marvel once had. Um, so he's really excited. He got what he wanted. And they break into the headquarters. They see the machine that had, had tried to dial up Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Hulk. And just at that moment, Ghost Rider and Hulk bust through the roof. And they're like, you need to leave. Be intimidated. And they're like, um, I don't know. And the mind reader's like, something's weird. And he's like, Hulk smash! And he punches the big guy. And, you know, through the wall. And literally, uh, the priest's like, okay, that's enough. We're out mashed. Let's go. Uh, take the Cree kid. Wolverine's like, no, and we get a really cool panel uh, again of Wolverine. Lots of really cool Wolverine art in here. Um, as he jumps after the Katati priest leaving, and again, solid gray background, but and he's jumping, but behind him is like concentric circles, like a big white circle, and then a blue, orange, and blue border. It's really cool, and it's kind of classic retro-y. It looks really nice. Um, but the same girl with the thorns gives him enough thorns to put down a big creature, or a guy 20 times over. And so Wolverine, of course, has a healing factor, but it, it still puts him down. Um, Spider-Man tries to do a spider tracer, but they see it and knock it down. And then Hulk and Ghost Rider come out, but it's just an image inducer. It's uh, the Richards kids, and that's that. So we go back to the, the infirmary, where Nicola and Sky are being treated. Franklin and Wolverine talk about what they need to do. Franklin's like, let's just call more X-Men, because you're not enough. And Wolverine's like, whatever, kid. You're, Alega, oh, you're an Omega-level mutant. Kind of man up. And he's like, like this! And he punches Wolverine in the face, which makes him pop his claws, maybe? <laughs> um, he's like, is that what you want? And Wolverine kind of rubs his uh, chin. Huh, better. And then Reed calls, and Franklin wants to kind of dress it down, but Valeria's like, no, we just got to tell him what happened. And we, we got attacked, we were outmatched, we called for help, uh, we did what we could. Um, and Reed's like, okay, well, you know, we can't leave yet, we're doing this whole Empire thing, but you guys should, I, he basically gives his kids the blessing with Wolverine and Spider-Man to go try to rescue uh, Jovan, and he remotely like 3D prints or fabricates 
the the blue and black Fantastic Four seats that we saw on the cover of 21 for Spider-Man and Wolverine. And they're ready to go. And a really nice last page. Uh, the blue and black looks really good on both Spider-Man and Wolverine. And Wolverine's like, all right, what's our next move? And Franklin's like, let's go rescue Joe Van. And so that's what they're going to do. The art in this book is really, really good. It's really fun. Um, and it's a fun comic. It's a fun book. Uh, lots of good action. It's a nice tie-in to the Empire event. It works really well. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the fence again, just like with Deadpool. Kind of on the fence between five out of six claws and six out of six claws. Um, I think ultimately I'll go with a really high five. I, no, I gave the last one a six, and this is just as good, so I don't know. You know, maybe I should give both. I'm, what the hell, it's my birthday. I'm in a good mood. I'm retrograding Deadpool number six to six out of six claws. I'm giving Fantastic Four number 22, six out of six claws. Uh, Pat will probably say I'm I'm overgrading. He likes to <laughs> to say that I do that, and that's fine. Uh, that's the beauty of the podcasting and talking about the comics is that we're not going to all have the same opinion all the time. But hey, it's my party. I can sniff if I want to, and I'm double sniffing both of these. Six out of six claws. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. So I think that I think we'll probably call it there. I think that's good. That's a good little mini birthday episode. Should be right around half an hour by the time I edit. Um, so if you enjoyed it, I'm not sure to be next. I'm going to try to get back on the flashback train, but we'll see with uh, quarantine schedules how that all works out. Um, yeah, and obviously 400 is right around the bend. Um, so there you go. So, I meant to, on the anniversary episode, give a shout-out to Grant Richter and the uh, Cable Guide podcast that he recently started, and that I was on episode 5, by the way. Um, it's a really good show. Check that out. I meant to talk about it when we talked about Cable number 2. Um, but also, uh, in listening to that, uh, we have, we, me, the Sky Rose, Ian, we've sold Grant. He hasn't been as much into like brand new comics kind of waits for Marvel Unlimited which is a good strategy by the way Grant um, but I think we've sold him on on buying the the uh, cable off the shelf so uh, Grant I hope you're enjoying the book hope you're liking it as much as we did um, I'll be anxious to see uh, what you tweet about it and then to see if you record about it as well um, but anyway, you can definitely uh, check that show out. Uh, let me let me look up his Twitter storm handle, or storm <laughs> storm handle. I was thinking it storm chase something, um, and then Twitter handle, and I mixed it all up. Um, okay, so he is at storm chaser two one six two. There's no way I can remember those numbers without looking it up, so I'm glad I did. But yeah, go check him out. Go check out the Cable Guide podcast. It's really fun. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. For real. I'm out of here this time. So as always during this time, guys, please stay safe. Stay well. Uh, I know a lot of you, like myself, are being faced with some really tough decisions about work and family and if you have kids, school. Um, a lot of things to, to figure out and decide and try to you know, figure out what's best. So just, you know, be smart. Do what you need to do, right? Everyone's situation is different. Some of us have 
choices where we can really just decide. Some of us have choices that don't always feel like choices in this. Um, and I definitely sympathize. I have some of both of those uh, without going into all the details. But, um, you know, some, some choices that I need to make about this, like, it's just kind of like, okay, we really have lots of options and let's choose the best one. Some of them, maybe we could force our way into some options, but we don't really feel like there's that many options. And so Denise and I are just trying to do the best we can. And I would just encourage all of you to just do the best you can. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Just my sincere hope that everyone is doing okay out there. And um, we'll talk again soon. My, oh, wait. No, sorry. Hold your horses. I did have some iTunes reviews I wanted to talk about real fast because one of them tickled me. Um, let's see if I can... How do I get to that real fast? Yes. So I have an old one, a couple old ones that I missed. Uh, so one is, says, uh, from Snickfan, Great Banter, All Wolverine. Um, he misspelled banter. It should be Bantor. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, Snick fan, if you're still listening. Um, he says, ever wanted to know all about Wolverine? This podcast is it. Jason knows his stuff about these comics, and listening to his idea on certain comics is interesting. It's a good listen. Thank you very much, Snick fan. Um, another one that's not quite as old. Um, and that one was five stars, by the way, so definitely enjoy that. Really appreciate it. Uh, this one from Zabisco Thong. <laughs> uh, his his uh, title for the review is Two Thumbs Down Emojis. <laughs> he gave me one star. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure he's not listening anymore, but if you are, I apologize. But his review is nice and short and sweet. It said, main host is ridiculous and horribly annoying. <laughs> So I'm really sorry. I know I'm not for everyone. Uh, and I sincerely hope that you have gone and maybe found some Wolverine and or X-Men podcasts that are more to your liking. Um, I know I'm I'm definitely not. And one thing I've you know struggled with was some because there's all kinds of different Wolverine fans out there, depending on what era you grew up with or, or even not. But um, as Wolverine can equally sometimes be portrayed as super hardcore or a little more balanced. Um, you know, I think some fans have wanted me to be a little gruffer or tougher like Wolverine. That's just, as much as I love Wolverine, I'm, that's just not me. I'm not, I'm not gruff or tough. I'm not very macho. Um, you know, that's just, just how I roll. Uh, so I, I've understood that, and, and some fans have been like, okay, I, I wish... You know, I like that side of Wolverine, but I like your show too, and I really appreciate that. That 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 to me is is really cool because like the expectation is not that I cater to anyone; it's just let's enjoy Wolverine and the things we have in common with Wolverine, right? Um, <laughs> horribly annoying. So so sorry. I really am. I, I really do hope you find some other stuff to listen to, um, and I will try to be less annoying. I, you know, maybe if I can just be normal, annoying for most people. Uh, I know I'm silly. So, I, I, my silliness apparently I've, I've rubbed some people the wrong way. But, you know, I can only be me. That's all I can do. All right, this next one is the new one. Um, it's it's kind of long, but that's cool, though. It's uh, from Cubone and Nachi Trainer or Lannister fan. 
and it says, I heart Wolverine, can you tell? And it's five stars. And he says, um, I am a huge fan of the adamantium clawed Wolverine. I haven't read the comics, mostly because I don't know the best places to find them where I live. Plus, my mom doesn't see why I want to waste my time reading comics, even though I have read mangas. Uh, one thing there, uh, Bob, um, if you don't have a close comic shop, there's places you can order, or you can always get digital, like off of Comixology, or if you don't mind waiting a little bit, like our, our friend Grant I just mentioned, uh, you can subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, which will give you all the old stuff, and the new stuff about uh, a few months behind, usually, I think. Um, that's been a little different during uh, the pandemic, because publishing has been kind of scattershot, and I think they've allowed stuff to go to the app earlier than normal to kind of make up for some of that, but I'm not I don't quote me on that. I don't have a spreadsheet to track it, so I'm not entirely sure. Ooh, that was annoying. See, that was annoying. Maybe even horribly so. Um, anyway, uh, so he has another question. One thing, did his power show up, show up when he was young, like in the Origins movie, or was that wrong? Uh, no, that was pretty spot on in the Origin comic, um, which, you know, way, way, way after the fact, like years after Wolverine had been around, uh, we, in the early 2000s. I'm trying to remember exactly what year. Um, but anyway, we get an origin miniseries which finally reveals his secret past and the the uh, manifestation of his mutant powers, which is the bone claws and, and all that. So um, I know that they showed Thomas Logan as father, who was Dog Logan. Um, I think the idea... Oh, man, I'm getting sketchy. Um his brother in the comics, so, like, half-brother, right? All right, so, I'm trying to remember exactly what from the movie corresponded to the comic, but in the, in the comic, um, Logan was, like, the gardener, who also happened to be kind of a feral mutant, and he had an affair with, um, I'm I'm blanking. What the hell? Uh, Howlett. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the Howlett family. My, I'm so sorry, guys. I just totally had a brain fart there. Um, yeah. So Mr. Logan had an affair with uh Howlett, the Howlett's wife, and Logan that we know is Logan, who was actually at the time called James Howlett was their offspring. So Dog Logan, a dog the nickname for uh, Logan's other son, Wolverine's half-brother, um, you know, and then once James runs away, he takes the name Logan um, later. So, yeah. Um, so it says, I can't imagine what an infant James Howell was like. His bone claws were functional then. Can you imagine how horrible that birth would have been if that was the case? No. That uh, would be terrible. Um, but also, while there was an instance of infant with claws in the um, uh, Infinity Warps, which combined X-23 with Scarlet Witch, and she, when she was born, her bone claws manifested as a baby, which was interesting, and, and kind of maybe the, the best part of that little story. Um, but no, uh, Wolverine's, or James Howitt's, or Logan's, whatever you want to call them, uh, claws do not manifest until a traumatic experience during puberty. Um, 
and that's when we first see the claws. Actually, when his when his father or what he thought was his father and mother are killed. Um, so so actually, yeah, I guess you're right. You imagine it would have killed his mother, and I think he does. Or no, I just can't remember. <laughs> Anyway, also, Victor Creed is not really related to him, is he? No, he's not. Um, the idea that Claremont and possibly Larry Hama wanted to do that, and we're building up to that, but it does not end up going that way once he has his full memories. Uh, we find that that was really just a an idea planted by the Weapon X program. And they weren't, they didn't, they did have a lot of time spent together when they were younger, but uh, but then no, they're not actually related. Other than when you get to the, uh, the Romulus story, and all of the feral mutants are distant, re- distantly related, which I don't really like. But um, so X twenty three and Dokken are actually siblings. Uh, yes, half sim. Well, kind of, right? I mean, kind of. Um. <laughs> So Dokken is Wolverine's biological son that he had with a human mother. Um, and then X-23 is a clone of Logan, a clone of Wolverine. So, well, I guess really, <laughs> in a weird way, you know, let's just say X-23 is Dokken's aunt. That that seems the, uh, the least creepy way to talk about it. Um, and I almost said, well, if she's a clone of Wolverine, and Wolverine's his dad, she's almost like his mother. But that's weird. But I think they, when they interact with each other, it is definitely a sibling-type relationship. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Either that or, like, when you have an aunt that's close to age to you. Um, you know, it sometimes happens. Uh, you can have an aunt or uncle if you're parents were much older than their siblings. You can have aunts or uncles that are, you know, just a, three or four years older than you sometimes, or even younger, possibly. Um, but yeah, yeah, what, I think siblings is definitely a good analogy. But anyway, uh, thank you very much for the uh, the positive review. Really appreciate it. And sorry I was behind on the old ones, at least the good one. <laughs> and I really will try to be less annoying. Uh, it was probably kind of annoying to start the reviews as I was ending the episode. I hope no one just like pressed stop and went on to the next as I was wrapping up. You missed all this fun. Um, but yeah, so until next time, uh, that's that's really going to do it now. Uh, hugs and snicks, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. And snacked.